Hey, I'm Drew. Welcome to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. This is where we drink coffee and discuss our favorite movies. Each week, one of my friends and I will talk about a different movie. So brew your favorite coffee, relax, and let's get started. Welcome back to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. I'm here with my good friend Angie today. Hi. You can talk louder than that. <laughs> Don't be so shy. Well, all my friends... <laughs> are so shy when they when they get on people who i don't know is like my close friends are always so nervous and shy the people who i'm not as close to are just like jump into it well this is so legit and i'm just wanting to make sure that i do well so well thank you for the compliment um (laughs) so angie tell us a little bit about yourself what do you do um, yes. So I'm a videographer and I am a YouTuber. So I am YouTubing mostly about my health journey right now, but, um, I would love to be a travel vlogger and a lifestyle vlogger eventually and just showing people my life because people think I'm so funny. So I just, you know, do life on YouTube and, um, I video weddings and, you know, documentaries and do all that stuff. So I love film and talking through movies and processing mm-hmm. things in a deeper way than most people do when they watch movies. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, so we are doing, what are we doing today? We're doing back to the future. <laughs> I blanked for a second. It's okay. <laughs> we're doing, <laughs> we're doing the first back to the future today. And while we're doing it, we are um switching it up a bit we are drinking coffee uh pour overs made from coast coffee roasters Mm -hmm. here here in nashville tennessee they're some of the best beans they don't have a coffee shop um which is a bummer because charlie wants to charlie talked about doing like a coffee truck at one point really yeah because you know he has his own recipes for a couple things and yeah like the coffee soda and everything like his stuff is so good like it's so strong and it's cold brew and he, he bottles and sells cold brew and coffee soda and then bags of beans. Yeah. He's he's a talented kid for real. Oh yeah, he he knows. Like like I've mentioned before on here like anything I know about coffee has been taught from him. That's cool. Yeah. So, he's the guy who has taught me everything and has helped form my love of coffee. <laughs> so, yes. Big deal. Over here brewing our coffee, and I'm like, look at Drew being a barista. Yeah, just a pour over. That's all I know. <laughs> I know the Keurig, so that's about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so is, I don't want to brag, but it's really good coffee. It, it is re- um, for real, for real good coffee. I think it's more so good just because of the quality of the beans rather than me brewing it. But, yeah, it's good yeah. coffee. Yeah. So we'll jump right in. We are doing, um, like I said, we're doing Back to the Future today. This movie was released July third, nineteen eighty five. So, you know, it's a it's a true classic. Yep. Um, it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. I guess is yeah. that his name? Zemeckis. Zem- it's with an M, Z E M E C K I S. Yeah, sounds about right. Sure. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd were the stars yes, of it. They do so well. And, I mean, I, I'm i just so glad that 
they picked them too because I mean they're just really good mm-hmm. actors by themselves but bringing them together for this and I think for Michael for Michael Fox right mm-hmm. oh Lord Jesus I think for Michael Fox this was like his debut movie like into a movie he was doing a TV show at the time yeah yeah family ties right I think so yeah um so he became famous I, I think through this movie and the other two movies I think right between these and I think family ties you know were the were the real things um Michael J Fox was the original person they wanted but when they started filming he was not Marty McFly he wasn't in the movie what because um let me find they had to cast someone else yeah big twist oh my gosh so he had been the first choice but was unavailable because he was on family ties and the producers of family ties um couldn't lose him because one of the other cast members had gotten pregnant and so he had to do more screen time to make up for it um so they had cast eric stoltz i don't really know who that is that's but that name sounds familiar though yeah i don't i looked at some of his stuff i don't really know who that is but um uh, but apparently he like really just was not vibing with the role eric stoltz wasn't like they cast him but it wasn't like what they had wanted and so by the time they actually fired him um michael j fox's co-worker who had gotten pregnant was back on the show and so they worked out a deal with the family ties producers that as long as michael didn't miss any of his normal scheduled filming for the TV show, he could be in the movie. Meaning he would film this TV show and then go film Back to the Future every day. So that's why a lot of the movie apparently happens at night is because he could only film at nighttime and then any daytime filming was filmed on weekends when he wasn't with Family Ties. Jeez. So like this 23-year-old is hustling. Hustling. Um, And it paid off. It did. Apparently, though, so because they had already filmed stuff with Eric Stoltz, um, it added another $3 million to the budget to refilm all of those shots with Michael J. Fox in it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I feel like it's worth it. It is. It, It was definitely worth it. Like I said, Michael's a great actor, and everything happens for a reason. And, yeah, he... He blew that out of the water, so, yeah. So good. Um, so why did you, out of the list of movies I gave you, why why was this one that you chose to talk about on here? Mm, well, there were several of them, but I like this one because it's a trilogy, mm-hmm. and not many trilogies from start to finish have, like, a great storyline. Usually one and two will be great and then the third one would just fall off or the first one will be great the second one fall off you know and the third one will be kind of okay or like some of them are added because just for money but this this particular trilogy it seemed like from start to finish it was just this massive amazing storyline that was so intentional and at the time 
it was such a different movie than what had been seen. Um, and also, um, I grew up on sci-fi. Um, my dad, we were watching Aliens, and we were watching Terminator, The Mummy, when my mom was like, um, no, don't show that girl The Mummy. But I was still watching all of these movies because my that's the only thing my dad liked to watch. Um, Disney did not exist to us. Nickelodeon did not exist to us because we didn't have cable. So we watched whatever my dad watched. And, and so I grew up on all of these amazing classic movies that I just always loved, even till today. Isn't it such an amazing thing? Cause like, that's how I was, is a lot of my favorite genres and movies that I watch are movies that I watched with my dad. Like I grew up, we watched Indiana Jones all the time. Yeah. We watched all the James Bond movies. Sci-fi would do like James Bond weekend marathons. Yeah. And it'd be like Saturday and Sunday. It's just James Bond all day long. <laughs> Start to finish every movie back to back. And so my dad and I would camp out in the living room and we would just sit and watch all of them. Like yeah. we'd watch Indiana Jones whenever they came on. We watched all of those types of movies. And yeah. it's such a thing because those are still whenever those are on you have to sit and watch them yeah you have to i mean they were so good Mm -hmm. and like they just do what they were doing back then and they were just it just seemed like the directors just were a little bit more creative than a lot of the movies that are coming out now and nothing against the movies that are coming out now like a lot of them are cookie cutter now a lot of them are cookie cutter a lot of them are replicated from what what has happened already or their continuations and i feel like a lot of things nowadays are a little bit more money driven Mm -hmm. and as far as the creativity it's like kind of lacking because of that and that's very unfortunate um but i also think it's almost hard because so many good movies were created and reinvented in this time frame that like back to the future indiana jones jurassic park like all these movies came out and it's like these are amazing and people still love them today because they are truly amazing. And when they people are. try to make movies today, it's like, where do you go from those types of amazing movies? Like, yeah. it's, I think, I almost think filmmakers today are almost at a disadvantage. Yeah, Because they, they don't have the freedom. Not so much that. They have movies like these that already exist that are so successful that are so loved that at the time pushed all the boundaries oh yeah and it's hard i feel like it's hard to find those now like you know and because every story follows the basic hero storyline you know you learn about in english in high school you have the hero intro you have their backstory you have the problem you have the fall of the hero you have the comeback you have the success and the victory. Like that's that's this that's the story. That's the type. That's the outline for any story, book, movie, TV. That's what it is. That's what you follow. It's within that that I feel like back, you know, in the eighties, in the seventies, and the nine, and even in the nineties a little bit. Like there was less. There were there were less movies of. Um, to be compared to. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nowadays there's so many movies to compare to. Like we talk about you know, I just I I just recorded Spider Man Homecoming and we talked about like it's so good because they based it off of all the eighties John Hughes movies. But like that was a thing of like 
he created John Hughes created that type of thing that coming of age teenage that's what he became known for where they're even called John Hughes movies because he was so successful at creating that that type of movie and nowadays it's really hard because that already exists yeah that's that's accurate you know it's hard <laughs> it's hard to it's it's almost hard to carve out your name with something new when everyone's looking for what already exists yeah yeah it's it's true and i mean i yeah because there's um i was watching jupiter ascending really quick um i was watching jupiter ascending the other day and it's a really cool um storyline but even even then it gets kind of lost into the same oh you have you have the main character and he's trying to save the girl and everything but I think the difference with that movie is that they were um, also they have the main character as this very humble person mm-hmm. and um, who doesn't believe he is humble but you, you kind of have that in every single um, movie but it just seemed different in that mm-hmm. movie um, but like you know even uh, like a, a smaller example is you know think back to phase one of Marvel those movies were so like different yeah. you know no, like everyone's like these superhero movies are like stuff that are amazing you know and now and like looking at the movies now it's like it's the same type of story different superheroes like it's it's almost like marvel found the shape that works and now Mm. it's a it's cookie cutter we're gonna do that with all of them it doesn't mean they're not good yeah yeah yeah. but it's not as um revolutionary yeah so but i feel like that's the same concept of in general now of like you have all these great movies from the late 90s or not the late 90s but like eight like the 70s 80s and 90s and nowadays it's really hard to like successfully break out of that mold yeah that's accurate i just i'm I'm thinking like how did i mean making movies and stories have been going on for you know even decades. before you can make movies you right know, it's it was books and plays and right stories have always been around right and stories are a part of human nature yeah and so thinking about that and then thinking back to when all these movies are coming out like the terminator and all these things like they were still able to be creative so Mm -hmm. what happened between and so the only thing i can think of that happened between the early 80s you know making all these sci-fi movies and aliens and everything to now the only thing I can think of is just revenue. Like that's all I can really think of that has changed because I mean, you think revenue and, um, I mean, it's the generations of people. Yeah. You know, it's, um, like, look at, look at the evolution of art. Yeah. You know, look at things like Da Vinci. Yeah. And, this shows how cultured I am cut or, or like Michelangelo, which are the only two artists coming to name. But like, like, you know, you can just like things like the Mona Lisa to the starry night, to the scream. You have like the different types. You have realism and then you had impressionism. And now it's like, you know, people can 
put trash in a trash can and call it art. Yeah, that's yeah. And and so it's but that's what like this generation the the views and ideas have evolved with the generations and so it's not the same. Yeah. And that doesn't always mean it's good. Doesn't always mean it's bad. That's accurate. I but mean, I think that also plays into it. Yeah, I guess it's all depends on the audience as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I was even thinking about um, before you said that um, Game of Thrones. So I mean, very. It's a very hard. I've never seen it. Yeah. I mean, I would not recommend it to many. <laughs> I don't plan on seeing it. Yeah. No. I want to be one of those who I, I am one of the few. So <laughs> here I am, boldly stating I well, have never you know seen. What? Game of Thrones, yeah. I, and I proudly stand by not buckling under the peer pressure, especially for like Game of Thrones. Well, okay, so don't buckle under the Game of Thrones um, thing because it's not the best thing to watch for anybody oh. at any age. <laughs> no, <laughs> at all. No, 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 no. But My, um, the, not the people I live with now, but the roommates I had prior, like watched it. And so I would catch a glimpse every once in a while when I would like pass the living room or whatever. And it just, no. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. No, no, no. But the reason why I'm talking about Game of Thrones right now, (laughs) because I'm not, I'm not necessarily proud of this, but um, what kept me coming back was the storyline. It wasn't all of the extra Sodom and Gomorrah stuff that you would see in (laughs) basically in the the TV show. But the storyline was so amazing that you couldn't put, you know, uh, if you're reading the books or watching a TV show, you couldn't stop watching it. And so, like, even even though George R.R., I think it's George R.R. R. R. Martin, I can't remember the name of the author, but, I mean, he's an older man, but, you know, that was something that came out around now, and I would say that was a very creative piece, you know, um, that have come out, you know, after 2000s, um, which is very difficult to... Um, find in nowadays you know in the cinema nowadays so yeah that's all I had to say about that (laughs) yeah no I probably never watched Game of Thrones don't do it I don't don't recommend it I don't ever plan on watching it yeah don't don't (laughs) so um back to back to back to the future well here we are back back to the future (laughs) uh did you know this was just turned into a Broadway musical now, see, this is what I'm talking about, like, them, like, just some things just need to be left alone, and this is one of them. So the composer, <laughs> Alan Silvestri, who composed the music for Back to the Future, helped write the music for the musical. That's the only reason I know about it, because I follow him, because he wrote, he composed, you know, right now he's most famous for, he's the one who created the Avengers theme song. Okay. He's the one who composed Endgame, Infinity War, The Avengers, and Captain America, the first Avenger, I think. He's also done ones like he did all the Night of the Museum movies. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Which were really great. Yeah, very good soundtracks. Really great scores. Yeah, yes. yeah. He's a great, amazing composer. But he did the Back to the Future movies as well. So I follow him because, again, great composer. Um, and he, like... The entire time he was writing the music, that's all he posted about was, like, he would post pictures from, like, the rehearsal. He'd post pictures of him with all the sheet music as he's writing it. He just posted a picture that 
because of COVID, like, everything kind of stopped. But I guess they just did, like, their first rehearsal or performance post-quarantine and everything. Oh, then it, it will so possibly be very good then. So it's new. Yeah, but, like, Alan Silvestri had a hand in the music, which is how I know it's, like, official. Okay. And good. But I want to know, I'm curious, where are the songs? Like, where, where in the plot do they put songs? I mean, the only part that I can and think of is songs? the dance. Right. Yeah. But, like, I'm just... What parts of the plot did they turn into songs? Because... I, I can't g- think of any. I can't <laughs> think of a spot, I a can't. good spot to put it. Um, oh, um, Buff? Biff, you Bi- mean? Oh, Lord Jesus. It's been a while. Biff. <laughs> Um, Maybe around him. I don't know. I I can see it like at the beginning when he's like when Marty's late to school and it's and is playing um hard to love. Or yes. power of love. Yes, Sorry. yes, yes, power of love. The yeah. power of love is playing. Like I could see that one being. Yeah. One. Um, fun fact with that. So the songs "Power of Love" and "Back in Time" were written by Huey Lewis for this movie. They That's contacted. Awesome. Um, Huey Lewis and asked him to write these songs they were not the first songs to come out for the movie like he had written others that they were like no this doesn't work this doesn't work but eventually by the end of it the two that came out of it was The Power of Love which is a great song and Back in Time which is also a great song also Huey Lewis makes a little cameo appearance in this movie what so you know when Marty is doing the auditions, the band auditions, mm-hmm. and the teacher stands up and says, you're too loud? That's Huey Lewis. What? Apparently. Cool. That is right? so cool. And I think it's ironic because I'm pretty sure they're playing the power of love. Oh, my gosh. That's kind of, yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of fun. <laughs> if I caught the instru- if if I caught the instrumental right, they're beginning to play Power of Love and he's the one who stands up and says your music is too loud. That is so funny. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I love when things like that happen. Yeah, like a Stanley in a Marvel comic kind of thing. Right. Um I have a I think I have a fun fact. Do it. Join the fun fact. So, facts. the DeLorean. Yes. Um, was created by a guy. I can't. His name is very, very hard to say. Then don't worry about but it. I think he's French. Okay. Um, and makes sense because no American would think of a word called the DeLorean. <laughs> Basically, he um Fabulous. made the car to run on. I think trash or water. I can't really remember what? off the top of my head. Yes, and he was going to put the car up. Um sale like to make mass produce them and he went bankrupt they shut him down hmm why why did they shut him down was it because the oil companies were going to die out because you don't have to pay for gas well so i read that even though they used the delorean in this and make it look like a really cool car it was voted as one of like the worst cars to drive really mm-hmm. and then people like it It was said during filming that it like they had to use 
several DeLoreans because they would keep malfunctioning and they would keep like breaking down and stuff. Well, I mean, so, you know, maybe that's why he went bankrupt. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe (laughs) it was the first DeLorean that he made or like, you know, the first of the first pack, you know, Mm because, you know, when you're starting a business, things don't want to work um when you first started so that could have been the thing and he probably just pushed it out too soon well it wasn't voted the worst car by the crew of back to the future it was like voted like the worst car by whoever votes those things really yeah dang but they used they picked the delorean because it resembled a spaceship right right and which they needed for that scene of him in the gamma suit to look yeah. like an alien coming out of a spaceship. Basically. Um, <laughs> I wish that scene kills me every time. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Uh, going back to Alan Silvestri, here's another fun fact. Okay. Um, his score in the movie doesn't start until 18 minutes in. And that is when the DeLorean first comes in on screen. That is, that's funny. That, yeah. That 18 is. minutes into the movie, um, the DeLorean comes out of the truck is when the movie score starts. That is crazy. I didn't even think about that. I didn't. They played, like, um, songs before that. I did not. In I did not think about minutes. that. Yeah, they yeah. did. When, he, when The first scene, mm-hmm. when you see all the clocks. Um, you don't hear anything but the clocks ticking, I think. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite sound, speaking of favorite sounds in the movie, is when he turns on the DeLorean and he goes, ah, it sounds like a woman. She's just. <laughs> what? It's like when they turn on the DeLorean and he goes, ah, go back and look at I it. I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah. when, when is it? The very beginning when he's like, um, Doc's trying to sh- show Marty like how everything works and the uh-huh. time comes up on the, the dashboard and it goes, ah. Huh. I'll have to. Mark my words. Go watch <laughs> Hey, Go watch okay. it. Yeah. I love it. Me and my dad will always laugh at that point because it literally sounds like they had put like the the folly artist or right? Folly? Folly. Yeah. Yeah. Folly artist got a woman and just made her just sigh and it's hilarious. This was the top grossing film of nineteen eighty five. I'm not surprised. No. no. It's like on every list of best everything when it comes to film oh yeah nowadays like it is literally one of the best films oh yeah and i wasn't even alive yet neither was i nope we weren't alive what was your so i was negative 13 negative six here we go Mm, wait six no negative seven negative seven yeah i was born in 92 yeah yeah negative 13 for me um the script was rejected was rejected 44 times before being picked up by Universal. That is very, um, what am I trying to say? That seems like a very common thing when it comes to mm-hmm. some of the best authors, best writers. Mm-hmm. Like, um, who was it? Stephanie, I uh, forgot her last name, but she wrote the Twilight series. Mm. Um, hers was hers was oh no 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 sorry harry potter yeah harry potter was rejected everywhere rejected like 13 times literally everywhere yeah but literally some of the best and i think twilight was the same way but like it's crazy because like you 
when we get turned down as people, I mean, that even comes back to just normal life. When we get turned down by things over and over and over again, we think that we're just not good enough or what we have to bring to the table is not good enough. But it's probably because the people who are looking at it, they're not looking at it at the eyes that they just, they don't think the world has what it takes to take in that story or that art well do you want to know why most people rejected this movie why because at the time like teenage s styled movies like this um a lot of the studios said it wasn't like raunchy enough compared to other teenage Mm, lord jesus movies but disney um, rejected it because they didn't like the idea of a mother falling in love with their son which I totally understand I totally understand that but they there's no the but st- that's a really great reason to reject something if, but, if you're going to have a reason to reject something mm-hmm. that is a very good reason it's a very good reason but in the storyline he she doesn't know but here's the thing if if true if if he but if he was like liking her back and he knew that that was his that's mom where that's it's where it's awful it, like in the unknown mm-hmm. that's where it's like okay you don't know until you know but like if he was like liking her back and like coming on to her like that's where it turns wrong true uh, yeah no i'm not saying the movie's bad i'm not right right, right but right. i'm just like right. i feel like disney had a very good reason for i get that they're they're like it's too risque for us it is risque especially at the time yeah 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 you definitely know, at the time, i don't think they even had any pg-13 movies out right like Did, pg-13 didn't even exist back then right like the know. like the grading scale of no, I think, pg-13 I think they had it oh. well i i mean i don't know if obviously the 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 um stipulations were different but i think they still had it oh I don't know if it was necessarily PG-13, but I know they had, like, the Oh, yeah, I know they scale. had that great, yeah, the um, scales, yeah. But, like, especially for the studios at the time, they were, like, it's, it, it's that part of the plot, like, that concept. Because that's a pretty big concept, you know? That's the yeah. whole reason why he has to get his parents together is because he ends up being the one his mom has a crush on. Yeah. And they're just, like, it's too, we can't have that in our, we can't have that on our studio name yeah and i mean is a great reason i get that and disney is very protecting of their name and like i said i get that even to the point of pushing back copyright to 80 years and then 80 years after life (laughs) Uh, yes we love you disney yes we're not hating on disney nope no hate here the mafia would come get the disney mafia would come get us (laughs) some mickey mouse coming up with a baseball bat Oh no, <laughs> not Disney, not not Mickey with a baseball bat. <laughs> Goofy and Ducky, um, Goofy and who's the duck? Donald. Duck. Donald Duck would have like rope and stuff in their hands. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> dead. So, <laughs> see you hating uh, on Disney. Yeah. Um, I, I got some stuff I wrote down. Do it. Go. Um. So, one of the biggest things that reached out to me when it comes to this movie, um, is. The biggest part of the movie to me is that Marty has to go back to Doc in the past and tell him that he's good enough for something that he had succeeded in. 
And I think that is something that speaks to all of us, that should speak to all of us, is that there are things in life that we are going to succeed in and do very well. And we need to hear from our own selves or from our closest friends that we are capable of doing those things and that you are now capable of doing those things as of today. Like you're not lacking anything to get that done. Mm-hmm. And Or don't give up on something prematurely. Like right. it might not happen. Because if you look, he didn't technically build the time machine. No. He had to help fix it, but it still took him years to actually build it. Right. So like, you know, it's it's also a lesson in you know don't don't give up on something prematurely like keep working on it because eventually you will get it right right and you know I think when our friends come in and say you know you can do this I've seen you do this before like it's so important and it's so imperative like on both sides like as friends of people if we see something it's it's our job to say hey you are good enough for this and you're gonna change the world doing this. And then on the other side of things, we need to take it in to our account to go, you know what, I am good enough for this. Um, it's imperative that I do this. If not, thousands of people are going to be affected, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing with whatever I have to bring to the table. In this case where he has to finish building this time machine, you know. The butterfly effect. Yeah. So did you know Ronald Reagan was so amused when he watched this for the first time about Doc Brown refusing to accept that he that an actor was president, that he made the projectionist of the theater rewind to watch that scene again. Uh-uh. Yeah, and then uh, referenced and quoted the movie in his State of the Union address that next year in 1986. That is sick. Yeah. I love that. But the flip side of that is they were also it was also an awkward moment because doc right after that references ronald reagan's first wife um not nancy but he was actually married and divorced before he met nancy reagan and so doc asked if that lady was the first lady and apparently according to like this the white house staff during that time was it was such a sensitive subject that you never spoke that i don't remember her name but that lady's name in front of the first family because like it made everything always so tense and awkward oh so even though he was he loved and found that scene very amusing as they watched it it was also an awkward moment when he (laughs) referenced oh dang i feel uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) But apparently they had divorced before they even filmed the movie. So it was an odd, like when you think about the timeline, it was an odd thing of, he was apparently, I read like, if you look at the timeline, he was already married to Nancy Reagan um. when they filmed it. Hmm. So yeah. like. That's still awkward though. I could see a little bit, you know, especially if it's a fresh wound. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, but you know. Yeah. Or no, not before they filmed it. Sorry. So it's set in it's set in the it's set in fifty five. He had already divorced and remarried by fifty five. And they were talking about the first wife, correct? Yes. Oh. That's why that's why I was confused. I'm like, well, why did the writers 
do that. Because technically um, he already would have been remarried. Oh. Darn. Yeah. I, I now really want to look into that. <laughs> it's so weird. Dang. I would have hated to Was it, be I in mean, the room when the first family watched it. Because that just would have been awkward. I mean, maybe it wasn't, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't public knowledge that they were married. I don't know. It was an after. Oh. Very public knowledge. Very public, yeah. Some actors kept some stuff very, very... True, but I don't think he did because he then ran for president. I don't know. Anyways, let's keep going. All right, well, the last thing that I had written down on my notes because I'm really bad at remembering things... That's why we gave notes. Um, (laughs) So Chuck Perry um, Mm -hmm. in the movie... Um, act like he calls Marvin Perry. And no, Marvin calls Chuck. Dang it. That's who it was. Marvin. Okay. Marvin Perry uh-huh. calls Chuck Perry uh-huh. and tells him about Johnny B. Good. Uh-huh. When Marvin Perry uh-huh. is the one who wrote it. Right. Yes. So, which is actually. I'm John a big- Mulaney has a joke about that, but we'll keep going. <laughs> Oh, God, I love him. Uh, <laughs> but um, literally, I, I'm a big movie quoter. I love uh-huh. quoting movies, everything from Bridesmaids to Shark. Um, what's that movie called? Oh, never mind. Erase that. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I'm a big movie quoter. And one of the things I quote from this movie is when he's like, you know that sound you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. And then he like jots his arm out because right. you guys can't see me actually doing this. I'm a very visual person, but he like jots his arm out with the phone in his hand towards the sound. Mm-hmm. And it it's literally my favorite part. Like I love reenacting that. So there was that. There you go. Did you know Mark Campbell was the one who sang instead of Michael Fox? I heard that was like for the first movie, though. Did, yeah. Didn't he sing? Did he not sing for the next two, though? I don't know. Oh. I just know Michael J. Fox did not sing Johnny Be Good. It was Mark Campbell. Yeah, I knew it was somebody else. Which is funny because... So, apparently Mark Campbell was 37 at the time. Um, Michael J. Fox was 23, playing a 17-year-old. So, you have a 37-year-old's voice paired with a 17 year old teenager yeah which i completely always forget that he's 17 in the movie yeah yeah but it's just funny because then i i noticed that like like i read that fact and then i watched it and i was like oh that's definitely a very adult voice i didn't i've never paid which attention I knew to that it was an adult voice but i always was just like well you know you're always casted to a character younger than your age so figured he just had a very mature voice but nope yeah i never paid attention to that i was like oh yeah johnny be good yeah yeah that's all i i didn't pay attention to like the sound difference but yeah it was just amusing um i don't know there was only 32 visual effects shot in the film all around the delorean yeah Boom, haha, I knew that. Yes. And the um when they went 
and put the movie out like to test groups to watch it the final bit of the movie like the final like three or four minutes of the movie the um industrial light and magic was the group who did the visual effects which i'm starting to notice they're like the group who gets hired to do everything and they are amazing people yeah Um, i mean it looks good even to today but they hadn't finished the end of the movie by the time they sent the movie to to test groups so the end of the movie was in black and white like the last three minutes of the movie were in black and white when it got sent to test groups but apparently it didn't matter because the according to like the fact i read like people were still like on their feet at the end of the movie yeah i'm not surprised so yeah overall like i said it's one of my favorite movies i can watch it over and over and over again and just how it ties into the second Mm -hmm. and third movie i mean yeah i i just cannot wait to talk about the second one because it just we can just tie everything and i just love it and oh my god well so what's funny with that is this movie when it was originally made had no plans for a sequel what wait a minute wait so when it says to be continued it was gonna it was a joke stop okay because the second movie has so many shots Uh uh-huh that yep it's it's like they prepared for Uh it unless those were just Mm -hmm. cut deleted scenes Mm -hmm. and they used those in the second movie Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's how, 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 They how. planned for it to be a standalone film. What the actual heck? Mm-hmm. How? Oh, my God. Because I I'm, I remember watching the first movie. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's when he's in the rafters. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This is da, 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 da. And I'm like, this is when he got hit in the, in the head. And I'm like, these people are just mm-hmm. blow my mind. They just blow my mind with how they wrote this. Yeah. And so... um. Bob Gall, who was one of the writers, and then yeah. Robert Zemeckis, who directed but also helped write it, they had talked about how they put the to be continued at the end as a joke because it was just like, go, it's time travel. Let's just make, I don't know why, but they're like, let's just make this a joke. Oh, my gosh. And then they had said they hadn't planned for this to be have sequels because if they had planned it, um, they wouldn't have had marty's girlfriend get in the car at the end of the movie i don't know why that's important but that's what they said and they said that's why in the second movie they had to knock her out they had to make her unconscious at the beginning of the movie i don't understand why but that's what they had said oh my god i'm just so shook right now well on that note (laughs) it is actually out of time I know. So I'll leave you with that last mind blow. I know, fact. right? I just now I gotta go research. Isn't learning things fun? Yes, I'm just shook. Like I learned all the back and behind the scenes stuff for this movie that I never heard of, and it's good to hear. Yeah. Also, have you watched the trailers for this? Like, have you gone to YouTube and like looked yes. up the trailers? They are so old. They are so old, <laughs> and so I love old. them. It's amazing. They're like, yeah, and time travel. And I'm like, oh my god, I love it so much. And the way it's like, but no. So the trailers, it's like, it's like a voiceover, and all they, 
and I know that that's what, this is what trailers are. It's, it's a voiceover with, like, scenes from the movie. But it's, like, different from tra- – I love watching movie trailers. Yeah. I love watching movie trailers for movies I've already seen. Because, especially, like, my favorite – so I love watching the Sherlock Holmes trailers. Well, that's your favorite movie. True. The trailer and, – and thank you for establishing that <laughs> comment. No, because the trailers make the movies look so much cooler than they are. Yeah. For Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. The, it's my favorite movie. I think it's the coolest thing ever. The trailers make it look even cooler than it actually is. So you're just tripping from, <laughs> tripping even, from the movie. They're even better. I get so hyped up when I watch these trailers. But it's it's so funny because, like, that's what trailers do now. They give you no information, but they hype you up. <laughs> this one gave you a bunch of information yeah yeah it did it nothing like but reading, give you information. it was like reading a book summary yeah but you still go into the movie like whoa 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 even with that trailer True. though because like True. it's just a complicated movie well that's what and that's what it is like reading a book summary like the like a, the back of a book summary gives you just enough information to be intrigued but also enough to know what's going on yeah Whereas movie trailers nowadays are just like, here's a bunch of clips from the movie with dramatic music, and we won't tell you what's going on. Yeah. See it in nine months. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> See it in 12, because COVID. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's just it's just so crazy to watch the quality, the film quality, first off, of these trailers. Because it was on YouTube, so it was already bad quality. And then just like the way that the trailers are different yeah like i mean the voiceovers are so cheesy so cheesy it's a radio voice i know is what it is i know because at the time that's what was really big yeah i mean it, it kind of goes with you know the theme of the movie and oh yeah anyway so but it is cheesy <laughs> yes well on that note thank you for coming in thanks so much for having me yeah it was fun, and I love talking about it. Yeah, and if um, people want to check out your stuff that you do. Oh, uh, YouTube, this is Angie, um, and yeah, uh, my Instagram, too. Sure. I was going to say, like, you know, you said you do filmography and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, videography. videography. thank you. No, you're good. <laughs> it's okay. It's the same thing. Um, my videography page is angiecreative.me. And on YouTube, um, I'm This Is Angie. And yeah. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to have you next time to talk about um, Back to the Future Part 2. I'm stoked. All right. See ya. See ya. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you have any movie facts or questions you want to add, send us an email at moviesandmochas20 at gmail.com. Or if you have any movie suggestions you want to add to our list, let us know what you want us to talk about. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for the Movies and Mochas podcast. Have a great day, guys.